along with our club that we love so dearly. You're listening to the Red Patch Boys podcast. I am Ben McClellan. Alongside me is Mr. Cameron Miller. Uh, We've been away for, you know, about two weeks now. Um, We've all got different things going on. Uh, Cam, I would like to congratulate you. I won't say on what, because I'll let you get into that yourself. Uh, But before getting into that, how are you doing? I'm over the moon. I'm I'm absolutely glowing, Ben. Um, something special happened recently for me. Um, TFC won a game, and <laughs> and then uh, it, I didn't think it could get any better than that. They came home. Yeah, you know there was a lot of discussion yeah. about something else coming home recently, which it, it didn't. It ended up in Rome, but uh, the boys came home finally, back on the T dot O. Back at BMO Field on the Lakeshore. Um, so yeah, two two amazing things have happened recently for me. Um, and then on a, on a much smaller scale, I got married last week. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess some things take priorities over others. Am I right? That's it. No, it's, it's, been, it's been it's been an absolute whirlwind recently, Ben. So it's it's good to get back on the pod. It's good to to hear your voice and, and see your face and. Um, I'm, I'm absolutely buzzing for tomorrow. I get to go to the pitch. I get to go to the, see the boys in person and hopefully get the, get them to hear my voice again. Yeah, most definitely. I think I speak for all of us when I say congratulations to you and Jess, uh, but it is certainly nice to have you back with us. Uh, but yes, extremely exciting to be back at BMO field tomorrow. Uh, we are recording this podcast Tuesday night. Uh, so Hopefully, as you guys are listening to this, I can tell you that you better be listening to this as you're on your way to BMO Field listening to that match. Good way to preview things. But uh, very exciting time to be uh, part of the Toronto FC community right now, Red Patch Boys community, um, with a lot of things going on. The biggest one being our team being back home. Um, Luckily, this is going to be our second game back home. I was lucky enough to be there. Uh, Saturday night against Orlando um, and it it honestly felt kind of dirty if I'm being honest with you Cam it felt wrong it shouldn't have been there I, I don't know it was just weird now did it, did it feel wrong or did it feel naughty like it's like ooh, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I should be doing this but it feels so good it's wrong but it feels so right yeah no that's 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 absolutely it it was kind of it, it was weird just walking back up um, from the go station and and, and looking at the stadium from that spot and, and walking with the rest of the supporters towards the gates. And, um, you know, for a while it was kind of surreal because you go 16 months without it and you're, you, you know, even though that was your normal before it's, it's kind of, you're, you're adjusting back and it's not the normal now. Um, but getting back there was, was quite special to say the very least. I think it's going to take all of us a bit of time to, readjust whether it's going back into the office whether it's riding public transport again or 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 getting back into these games it's it's going to take time so if you're someone who who feels nervous about coming don't feel rushed the game will always be there for you the boys will be there we'll all be waiting for you no no pressure to get there um but but personally it's been it's been a very very busy time recently i'm absolutely um just vibrating to get into that stadium tomorrow. It's it's 10.45 p.m. right now. It's it's taken us almost all day to finally get to this chance to record, Ben. So um, I want to know, 
when you got into the stadium, what was it like? Did, did you go and get a beer first? Did you go and get your free slice of pizza? What, what happened? Yeah. Uh, the first thing I did was take it in. Uh, that walk in through the front gates was, was, you know, uh, it's hard to describe after, after being away from it for so long and then being able to go back. Um, but the, the vouchers for the free beverages and pizza and hot dogs certainly helped. Uh, I could say that I indulged in, in two or two or six beers, um, and then the hot dogs on top to help supplement the effects of that. Uh, but yes, definitely went to the beer stand. Um, as soon as I was able to see everybody's faces again in down in one twelve and in one thirteen, the way they've got us dispersed with with the COVID situation. But uh, it was special. I think that was probably the most enjoyable thing was was being able to see everybody's face again after it's been you know so so long, and you're used to seeing them almost every weekend. Well, I, I think in, in light of that, I'm going to uh, crack my own drink here uh, to toast to uh, seeing each other again in the stand. So the Red Patch Boys coming back into to our section, coming back into our stadium and welcoming back the Reds. Absolutely. No, it's uh, I think I think a lot of the people probably share the same sentiment as I do. Um, it was there was something weird about it in a good way, obviously, just because it, it's been so long and you almost kind of forgot what it was about in, in a way. Right. And, and when that national anthem came on, I'd be lying to you if I said a, a tear or two didn't go down my cheek. Um, it was, it was very special, very special. And um, once it hit that point in the national anthem and, and you saw the guys walk out on the field again and they were clapping to you, you're clapping to them. It, uh, it started to feel real. And uh, it was very, very special to say the very least. And, I hope uh, that most of the people listening to this uh, had the opportunity to be there Saturday. If not, I hope you have the opportunity to be there tomorrow um, in which I'm sure will be even crazier having double the amount of people that were there Saturday night. Yeah. So we had 7,000 um, on Saturday. We're looking at uh, uh, 14 or 15,000. Uh, yeah. 15. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Going to be yeah. going to be a much a much more um, <clears throat> boisterous crowd. I hope. Um, I hope it warms my five G heart and uh, <laughs> gets all my um, my five G flowing. So I, I think it's going to be a great opportunity to hear some of the songs in the crowd. What was it like on Saturday? Were people singing? Did did we get um, you know um, when the Reds go marching in? Did we get the Dickio songs? Like what was it like for you to 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 get songs going in the South? Yeah, it, it took a little bit of an effort and, and it'll still be an effort to to get the entire South End kind of unified. Um, we'll still be working on that Saturday because you're still working on the lines of communication a little bit like you used to. And you've got to weave your way around what we can and can't do with the different COVID regulations. But uh, everybody was certainly in good hearts. Everybody's still singing. Um when the Reds go marching in was still there. Dick Yo was still there. Uh, the Viking clap still there. Um, every chant that you would have loved before COVID was still there. So you, you won't need to worry about any of that. Uh, I may or may not have come up with one or two um, that caught a little bit of fire in our area. Um, 
around when Josie new, new scored. Songs. Yes, yes. Very Josie, Josie, Chris Armis oriented. Um, I, I could probably spill spill the beans with that one um, <laughs> here if we wanted to. The one uh, I'm sure many are familiar with the Josie, 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 Josie. And it rather than doing the old Seba, 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 it was Armis. F-U-R-M-S, F-U-R-M-S. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I had to, you know, I think a lot of us are still throwing the shade and in that. And then the other was the old, um, your defense is terrified. Whoever's on fire, it was Chris Armis is terrified. Josie's on fire. Um, <laughs> I like that one. Okay. Like yeah. That. So, so those were all fun. And most of the, I think most people around us, uh, certainly enjoyed those a little bit you can tell that everybody in that stadium and i say that with complete confidence was very much on the side of free josie um rather than uh team armis and that whole whole little dispute uh based on the reception josie received when he came back on the pitch you know we uh a couple episodes back you know constantly questions from the the red patch community was about have we seen Josie in a red jersey for the last time? And I think I think we both confidently said yes that we thought we had. Yeah, it was going to be tough. You know, we mm-hmm. we wished it wasn't, but we we didn't see a coming together of the two parties. And I think that was before the seven one drubbing. I think that was before we knew that Manning uh, was 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 willing to cut ties with Armis. Mm-hmm. Lots happened since that discussion. We've, we've seen a reconciliation and I'm, I'm overjoyed. Josie came back into the pitch. I'm sure we're going to get into discussions around his health and his ability to continue doing this, but I think you couldn't have written a better story um, for his return. South end coming on to the voices who've been crying out for him. And he answered those cries with, with an absolute beautiful header. So uh, poetic. To say the least, another beautiful moment for TFC. Yeah, most definitely. And I guess to add a little context, the the episode we put out before this one, where we highlighted our best ever TFC 11s and our our reverse 11s, uh, Chris Armis Armis, or sorry, we received the news that Chris Armis was sacked uh, probably about an hour, hour and a half after I had put the episode out. Um, so we definitely had a couple people saying, oh, you guys got to put out two in one day. It's like, well, uh, that's probably a bit beyond my pay grade, but, um, <laughs> yeah, timing, it, it would have been nice. Had they let us know a little bit sooner, we could have, we could have recorded accordingly had we known that news was coming, but, uh, yeah, a little context there. So this is our first episode since Armis is firing, uh, to, to throw that in, um, yeah. It was it was certainly a top a very hot topic of conversation the last few weeks on this podcast. And uh me and you both confidently said that we had thought we'd seen the end of Josie Eldstore in Toronto, at least his last game in a Reds uniform. And I am so glad that we were both wrong. Um and you really couldn't have written it up any better with him coming on and and burying that goal. Uh first one back in Toronto in over you know four hundred and something days. And yeah, it It had to be Josie. It had to be. It had to be. And then he runs to our corner, hands up in the air, uh, massive fist pump. And then as he's walking away, he gives us the double kisses. 
and uh, all just felt right again, to say the very least. Yep. 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 Audie slapping the slapping the crest, slapping the crest. I I was at my wedding reception um, watching the game, obviously. (laughs) So I I was making quite a bit of noise, you know, swinging a um, uh, a napkin around in the air, yelling, uh, you know, he's going to score, obviously. So. It, 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 I think everyone needed it. That was the, uh, the shot in the arm we all wanted. <laughs> um, no pun intended there, but um, <laughs> it, it's going to be, it's going to be exciting to see this team now go forward, right? They've, they've got the fan base that they've been craving. You've heard it from a lot of people. I think Justin Morrow was really outspoken about everyone returning to the game and just feeling that support. I think Soltado, you know, looked like a man possessed at times, um, just being in a stadium full of people again. He's coming from Brazil. You know, he's used to a, a much different approach to, to, to players um, being treated uh, by fans. So I think this all points to a positive growth for TFC. Uh, in, in a group chat recently, I posted a photo of the Dark Phoenix for all my X-Men fans out there. <laughs> you know, you, you, it's me rising from the ashes and hopefully it's the all-powerful TFC we, we expect them to be. Um, but uh, the past two matches are looking promising so you know ben let's do a quick recap of our our first victory after that absolute awful defeat so a 3-2 win against new england um what do you think about that game yeah uh the guys came out flying which is something we haven't seen all this season under chris armas so that was already an instant kind of big obvious difference between armas and javier perez um they look tremendous in that first half. I'd say probably the first 60 minutes or so, they look tremendous. Uh, towards the end, got a little shaky, you know, kind of the defensive lapses you're used to. Um, luckily, they were able to hold on, obviously, for the win. But uh, definitely something to look at in terms of the how closing out matches, I guess, if you want to put it that way. Yeah. You don't want to get complacent with a 3 nothing lead. You want to be able to kind of just patiently ease your way to getting that victory. You don't want to let the other team get back into it. Luckily, we still came away at three points. But that was the only thing that really stood out to me. Um, that was a big you know, issue, I guess, if you want to put it. But that first 50, 60 minutes, uh, especially the first half, the first 30, where we buried three goals against them, best team in the East at the time, uh, you know, it's like, who is this team, and mm-hmm. and what do you what have you done with Toronto FC? Yeah, this was um this was a, a an, an amazing game for, for TFC personally. This was an, an away game. They're, they've still been on the road. They've just been absolutely peppered. New new coach in, in in Perez. I think we as fans turned that game on, and there wasn't a lot of optimism. Personally, I sat down ready to be hurt again. Um. And within minutes, I, I was kind of surprised. I'm like, is this a highlight game? I, I, can't, I can't tell what's happening here. But a terrible error by New England leading to Soltado's first goal. And I think he, he took it well. And it, the, the overdramatic bow, I think, was, is funny considering he just capitalized on an error. But, you know, he's welcome to the show, I think, was a nice little message from him. And I'm excited to see what he does next. I think a lot of people are calling for more from him. We want to see more goals. But... Uh, I, I think the law of averages we're going to talk about later, we'll see him become, I think, quite a, a, a spectacular player for us. And then cue in uh, Taxi, two, two new players to TFC this year, making their statements. Quick goal there, blasting it top corner after an amazing run up the wing. You, you really want to see more of that from this TFC team where 
You've got some of the best wingbacks in the league. And then, my goodness, Domo Arogato, Mr. Roboto, Subasa Endo, with the absolute <laughs> worldy. Where has he been? Where, like, this is uh, – yeah, like, did Perez suddenly say, hey, we know you're good. Come on out and show it. And, and my goodness, did he deliver there. And we've been complaining about this team, about the first 30 minutes of games, hell, the first five minutes of games, where they've already lost it. And here now, within the first 30 minutes, they've, they've put their stamp on it and said, do you all remember us? I think that was a really enlightening moment for me. Um, and, and then the game kind of then leveled out. Uh, the second half, I think New England remembered. They were top of the league. I think their coach came in and said, hey, let's do some, some good stuff. And uh, they, they definitely put us on the back foot. They, they definitely asked questions of us. And, and it was not a comfortable victory by any means. It was definitely a game of two halves for me, but it, it was a, a necessary win for TFC. It really was. Um, and I think we were now in a position to build on this effort and say, okay, now can we continue to grow into games and, and establish ourselves? So, you know, all in all, I think that game really allowed us to, to showcase a much better version of TSC. But I think a long way to come with, I think, silly defensive errors like fouls leading to a spectacular free kick but hey you know let's put that in a win column where it belongs yeah something we're all kind of waiting for and uh huh kind of funny how that how that putting the right players on the pitch in the right positions uh kind of works huh camp who would have thought who would have thought thought? uh but (laughs) moving on to toronto fc's first true home game uh, back at BMO Field in front of 7,000 uh, wild fans, I can say. Um, we come away with a 1-1 draw against a very solid Orlando City team. Uh, somebody who we've played, I believe, twice before Saturday, uh, both in Orlando, one of which was quote-unquote a home game for us, but not really. Um, 1-1 draw, uh, a game where I probably for the first time all year um i thought toronto fc deserved better than the result that that they came out with um really really dictated the play uh we're on the front foot most of the night it was it was a very good performance unfortunate that they could only pull out a draw in that first game back but a uh, a very good performance nonetheless I think this was a, a, a really big game for, for TFC. Coming home, a, a, a massive change to any game they'd played in thus far this season and, and in, even into last season. It's, it, it must have been quite an emotional roller coaster for them. But um, I, I want to have a big shout out to interim, official interim uh, head coach Javier Perez, or as I'm going to start calling him, El Perez Dante. Um, he he got that job kind of assigned to him after the new England game and said, Hey, you're going to be the interim coach now until most likely the end of the season. Um, if not into the future, if he, if he really turns his team around. Um, so for him to come out and have to play his game at home, a lot of pressure is on him to, 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 to drop, you know, three points in our first game home and, and not really put up a, a fight would have been, I think demoralizing for fans, for, players it would have been a really tough game again against a team that i'm feeling like uh darby's brewing we've played this team a lot recently you know we were we were living in florida 
maybe that's just me because I want to have a justification to go to Florida for, for football matches. <laughs> oh, we got to go to the Derby game against, uh, against Orlando. Um, but uh, it, it's really becoming a quite a good battle because they, this is a good team. You know, they've got a really good lineup and players. I think uh, Akindele is, is quite a good striker. Nanny obviously is, is an unbelievable uh, talent. Um, and, and they're going to be a team that's going to do quite well this season. And, and for us to come out and really dictate large parts of this game, but if anything, we went blow for blow with uh, this team. So all in all, I think I was really impressed with this this game. Um, and, and the two standout players for me would have been Soltado and, and Nanny. And, and really Nanny getting that PK, I thought was a bit, a bit of a really tough call. I think you can slice and dice that, that tackle uh, by Bono a, a few different ways, but um, emotionally we were invested in this game more. And I think we needed to win this game. If we're looking at this as TFC having played a more steady season, but considering the roller coaster they've been on, I think this is a big result regardless. Yeah. Uh, ter- tremendous job eventually being able to put one in the back of the net to take the lead Uh, a bit disappointed by how we responded after that uh, allowing the penalty right after nobody in if I'm being honest as somebody who was in the crowd that night uh, we had the smoke going immediately after the Altidore goal so nobody really saw the Bono play Uh, we saw Bono down hurt and then we saw the VAR alert come up on the big screen and we're like we're most of us we saw bono hurt and then that so we thought oh maybe maybe the guy for orlando is being looked at for red uh then looked at a little closer it's like oh crap they're looking at a pen uh nobody really saw the play if i'm being completely honest with you i finally saw the replay uh about two days later and i thought it was i thought it was an okay penalty call i'm not too upset about it bono never really gets the ball uh really could have brought it in chose kind of not to or hesitate to bring it in and ended up making a lot of contact with the forward which is i think kind of what eventually did us in on that play um it's 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 difficult because i think bono shies away from the ball expecting mm -hmm. contact and Mm -hmm. he braces himself and he gets hit you know i want to call it brave goalkeeping but i think it was it was a lapse in judgment, but by both Oro Jr. and Bono. Yeah. I think they got a little too antsy and emotional. Uh, you know, these things happen, but the professionals, you got to be smarter. It's an absolutely, you know, suicidal header from Oro. And, and Bono doesn't come out convincingly to get the ball. Dive out and punch it. Come out and clear your lines. He, he doesn't do either, unfortunately. So the, the blame, I think, is split 70-30. Oro... Um, uh, Bono, you can maybe do 60-40 there, depending on your stance, but I'm a goalie. I'm going to err on the side of the goalie. Uh, <laughs> but, it, you know, it's it's silly mistakes like this that continue to cost us. And again, it's these, these same culprits. Yeah. So as positive as I want to be, and everyone may make it anger at me for this, but we're not out of the woods. We're still struggling to score. We're still struggling to defend simple attacking plays. We've had larger periods of better play. But it's these little errors that are really starting to cost us. So I think Perez needs to build on the successes he's seeing. And he needs to start continuing to stamp out the disorganization that has been rife this season. Absolutely, yeah. 
said very well. Uh, just disappointing, kind of. You, you, you go in and it's your first game back. You, everybody there wants to see three points. I'm glad we didn't lose. That's obviously the big thing. And, and, and we did play a very good match other than that two minutes following the Altidore goal that led to the pen. Um, but otherwise, I think I think the guys should really keep their heads held high on this one and uh, go into tomorrow night against the New York Red Bulls, in which will be a very big one. Uh, Cam, your your early thoughts on this one? You know, it, it it should be an exciting game to have more fans in the stadium. You know, Perez has had more time to see and, and influence in in a more time it's still a very short period of time if i'm being completely honest yeah. but um we we've lost akinola to injury we're 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 losing a couple of big players to the gold cup you know it, it's going to be a real test for those players who are healthy and who are on the pitch to come out and play another game in 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 a short turnaround time it's been hot in toronto recently i don't know the weather for tomorrow it's been pretty muggy and stormy today you know what what type of weather we have tomorrow might dictate the play against a uh i think a pretty pacey red bulls team um but uh you know i'm i'm concerned about our strikers and our lack of out and out strikers as a solution here i think we're seeing a ton of creativity in the midfield from from pozuelo and Soltado. i think delgado got involved at times quite well last game um I, i'd love to see a goal from that midfield three uh just to give a bit of relief to our strikers because if it's not dwyer who has been relatively anonymous josie can come in and, and continue to build his fitness but I've yet to see anything from Mullins that gives me confidence that he can be that solution off the bench. It, I don't know. I just don't see us being a really good goal scoring team right now. And so to win a game at home, you have to score goals. And so right now that's my biggest red flag Ben, is where are the goals are going to come from. Yeah. That Akinola injury today, certainly not helping. Um, if you, if you haven't heard the news yet, Io Akinola injured in the first, uh, I believe it was 15 or 20 minutes in that, of that Canada U S game. And, uh, turns out it is a, a, what they suspect to be a torn ACL. He is likely out for the remainder of the MLS season. Obviously a tough pill to swallow for Toronto FC. Uh, you hope that Josie Altador can stay healthy, which is obviously a big fingers crossed type deal over, what we've seen for the last couple seasons, uh, tr- obviously tremendous that he's able to come in and make that impact the first game back at home for Toronto FC. And, you know, you ask if he's been away from the team, as long as he has, you would think he's at full health now and that he's probably good enough to start a match. Cause it's not like he's been, he hasn't been playing cause he's been recovering from injury. He's been healthy this entire time. He's just been training on his own because the dispute with Chris Armas, I think he's probably good to go and start, at least play 75 minutes and then you go to a Dwyer or a Mullins. Um, but I do agree with you, Cam. I think Dwyer has had the chances and has scuttled them away quite apparently. Uh, had at least one or two against Orlando the other night. 
Um, and then Patrick Mullins, I mean, we can we can crap on him all we want. I guarantee you now tomorrow night he's gonna go and score fucking tap in and we're gonna good, look stupid. good if I can if yeah, I can, exactly. if I can use karma, if I can use karma <laughs> to get a goal out of, of Mullins. You know, I don't I, I I think Mullins is a great guy. I think he he he's got that handsome look. I want to put him on a cover of a magazine, but I just don't see him having that 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 flair that 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 spark that that's going to be a solution for us like hell i remember when you'd bring on um toastant ricketts and he'd just be pacey and kind of a, a wild card that well excitement and, yeah right and he he just he generates something right whether it's high press that forced teams back when we were winning or just generating a, a good goal scoring opportunity for himself or, or for someone else, you, you knew what you were going to get from Tose, and I, I bless his soul for it. Mullins, I, I don't see what he brings yet, and maybe Perez can give him a purpose. I'm just seeing a lot of fun creativity from Soltado and, and from um, Pozuelo that, in my, in my opinion, in the laws of averages here, he's going to bend one in eventually. This little, you know, this little man, he, he's, he's looking hungry, hungry, hungry. I think he had a lot of chances versus... Orlando that didn't quite come off right. His free kick looked absolutely, you know, in another time zone. I think he's still, you know, adjusting to to play here. I think he's finding his confidence. Uh, and when that comes, I think it'll be an absolute amazing partnership between the two. It's just who is there, who's their third part of the triangle. You need that three-part prong for an attack like this. And whether it is Josie that fits into that 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 attack those two are gonna be big players and how that attack comes to life so that's my my concern but i i think eventually soltado will will be that beautiful star we expect him to be um i'm really hoping it's a, a little bit of a martinez situation different position obviously but goodness his, his uh efficacy in the mls was massive yeah certainly and i've already seen people kind of writing him off as a disappointment of a designated player I think we need to remember he's only 23 years old, moving to a different country, a different league, a very different style of play. To write him off already is kind of ridiculous, especially at 23 years old. And just because he's not scoring goals, we need to look at what he's doing. He is creating something for a Toronto FC team that before the last two matches haven't created jack shit. And he is dancing around defenders and making grown men look fucking stupid out there. So I'm I'm with you, Cam. I'm very excited about what Soltado has brought as well as what he will bring in the next, you know, hopefully many years to come. Uh, but yeah, it's very early to make this type of judgment on him. Look, look at almost every single goal we've scored this this year. It's either come off a stupid deflection off one, uh, an opposing team or it's come from a well-worked play off the wing. Um, indicative there with Josie's header goal. I think Soltado at times has just absolutely exposed defenders in the wing. And there hasn't been an outlet pass for him quite yet. And, and, and he's getting into good positions. I think we as a team need to start leveraging him more. I think Pazuelo gets in the ball really well. Everyone knows what Paz is doing. Soltado is still new to everyone. He, he wasn't even here that long before he got hurt or then he was away for the gold cup, right? It's been a lot of turmoil when players like this, need to be settled. They need to know what's coming. They need to be in a place of comfort so they can be creative, so they can be innovative and they can make things happen. So for anyone writing them off, um, you know, take a step back, go buy yourself maybe a free slice of pizza 
with your ticket if you're in the stadium and just relax and enjoy what they're going to create here. The clock's been reset for this team. Perez has come in. Players are in and out through injury, through tournament. We've got to look at this team as, as, as an evolution of what we know they can be and give them time. We, we, we got what we wanted. Armis is out. Yeah. Don't start throwing players under the bus quite yet. Yeah, Let's absolutely. see what they can do. Let's give them a chance to come home. Hell, does Sultana even have a house? Where is he going to live? I don't yeah, really who know. Knows? <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Hopefully the team's given him a nice apartment somewhere. Uh, but for Saturday, or sorry, Saturday, for Wednesday, tomorrow night, uh, the thing is with, with all the guys Toronto FC does have missing to the Gold Cup, you're missing Osorio, you're missing Larea, you're missing Lawrence, uh, Akinola out now, much beyond the Gold Cup, you're missing Zavaleta. The lineup we're putting out, we've got all three designated players together for the first time in a millennia. Uh, <laughs> you know, it. yeah, it sucks having some of those bodies missing, but you'll really look at it. It's like we can still put out a pretty, sh- a pretty, pretty decent lineup on tomorrow night. Well, you're, you're right, Ben. I think I think this this clears up a lot of decisions for Perez where, you know, I, I think Armis was trying to juggle around a lot of different players and, and tried to find what his best 11 was. And, you know, we were all smashing our head against the wall because we didn't understand it. Um, you know, Perez has a chance now to get the, the players into positions they recognize that their fellow teammates recognize them in. I think this is more of a an old-look TFC with a couple of new parts. And, and I think that is an easier transition for a lot of these guys. So that natural position of El Delgado and Bradley and Pozuelo with a new outlet in Soltado, um, you know, y- you look to see a bit more of a, a continued evolution of Mavinga and, and, and Gonzalez, Moro on the wing. Uh, Oro, you know, knows what he's doing back there. Hasn't at times, unfortunately, but, you know, these are all players who've, who've known each other for much longer than some of these other changes and, and movements around. So um, if anything, this is old, tried, tested and true, you know, that they're not as young as they used to be, but this should be a system that most of these guys can run with their eyes closed. Certainly. No, definitely. I think I'm personally excited for this match tomorrow night. Uh, we get a little bit of redemption at what was one of the more disappointing results of Armis's short time in Toronto. Uh, the Red Bulls, certainly a good team. Uh, entertained to watch tomorrow night against Toronto. Um, it's but, the battle of the X's. It's the Armis yeah. X's battle. <laughs> but you're going to have 15,000 people in that stadium that haven't been there in a very long time. At least 7,000 of them. Uh I think Toronto comes out firing again as they did against Orlando. And I think they could, they can do something special. It's going to rely on a, on a quick start, Ben. I think we're going to be loud. We're going to be um, uh, rambunctious in the stands. I'll be hooting and hollering. I'm sure I'm going to burn my voice out in the first 10 minutes because as I'm you not can already tell I'm yet. still recovering a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I, I think if TFC can start early can get on the front foot, either get an early goal or, 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 or start really putting Red Bull under pressure. I think we can see this, this game going well for us, but if we, if we lose the crowd early, if we lose our voice, because you know, we, we concede early again, it, it could be a difficult match, but if anything, like all these games will be, it's going to be a really good test for Perez to continue to put his DNA and stamp on TFC 
and will you earn the right to be the, the, the head coach for the foreseeable future? Um, I'm already seeing articles about who will be the new TFC or Atlanta head coach with, with Heinz being, being let go there. So it's, it's going to be a really, really, I think fireworks match in the first 15 minutes. Absolutely. No, for sure. Uh, speaking just for myself, I'm just excited to see your face again tomorrow. Cause I can't tell you the last time I saw you in person. Um, but I'm excited to be back tomorrow. And, and if, uh, if you are there tomorrow night, if you're there in a couple weeks time, uh, never be afraid to say hi to me and cam, give us ideas, things you want to hear on here, things you might want us to change, to add anything. We're open to suggestions. I was happy to talk to many people the other night for the first time since we started the podcast in person and, uh, to hear some of the wonderful words that you guys have all said. So we really appreciate that support. We hope to see you tomorrow. Uh, Cam, before we depart, is there anything you wanted to throw in or to, uh, you know, lay yeah. upon us? I'm, again, I'll be there. I have my season seats um, allocated into my section. I, I'm not sure exactly where I'm standing. I think it's really similar to where my season seats are. But for, for anyone looking to get tickets to these games, Ben, is there any insights we can give them? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I know our president, vice president, Brad and Peter have been working extremely hard uh, in terms of communication with our group, the Red Patch Boys, as well as the front office of Toronto FC. So. If you are in need of any information, we will deliver as much as we can here right now to take, hopefully take some of that work off of Brad and Peter's shoulders. Uh, from what I understand, each match, there will be uh, a few hundred, I believe the numbers in around 300 uh, for our specific supporters group. Um, that's how many tickets we are allocated and those tickets will be dispersed across sections 111, 112, 113, possibly a little bit in 114. So if you see, if you're used to sitting in, in, in section 112, wherever it may be, and you see that your seat's in 113 or 111, uh, don't be distraught or anything like that. Take it as it is. Things are still very weird, even though we're still back in the stadium. Yeah, at least you're in the stadium. At exactly. least you're in there. So so if that is the case for you, uh just take it. Just just do your thing. If you really want to, maybe find another member that you can maybe swap with or anything like that. Um, but in terms of seat location, just just take what you can get because I think everybody right now is just appreciative to be back in the stadium. Uh in terms of needing extra tickets. Uh, if you if you realize the last minute you have a friend that wants to come or or, or if you need to give a ticket away because somebody bails on you, uh, there are a lot of people looking. Always check the Red Patch Boys forums. Always check the Facebook groups, stuff like that. Uh, me personally, I've seen a lot of people who have an extra or are in need of an extra. And I'm pretty sure all those needs have been met, uh, luckily enough. And everybody has been tremendously... Uh, kind and happy about it um and from what i understand game one tickets were free i was kind of disappointed seeing people trying to resell them for stupid amounts of money that's like, scummy right there it I is don't know big if, time scummy i, I don't know big if they're listening i highly move. doubt they're listening but if you're scalping your fellow fan if you're given a free ticket and you go ahead and sell that you're going to the lowest lowest level of hell my friend, that is just absolutely awful. And you're the reason why, uh, you know, there's rainy days on people's weddings. 
<laughs> you're the, you're yeah. the problem in the world. So yeah, guys, like these will always be things that happen. Unfortunately, we at the Red Patch Boys never ever upcharge on tickets. We sell face value. It's about getting people into the stands who are passionate, who want to care for the boys in the pitch. So you know, always a reminder, anyone listening, if you've got a ticket, don't expect an upcharge on there. This is not why we do it. It's all about sharing in the community. Yeah, and if somebody is gracious enough to give it to you for nothing or next to nothing, offer to buy them a cold beverage, anything like that, a slice of pizza. Uh, even the littlest stuff kind of helps, and and it really does go a long way in how this group operates day to day, week to week, match to match um, with the with the camaraderie you see in the stands. Um, but we're all close, if not already there in terms of being in the stadium uh some of us possibly more than others if you're not ready to go back to the stadium that's okay cam mentioned at the start nobody's rushing you back in uh it's all about how comfortable you are i know there's great people enforcing the different covid regulations in the stadium uh to the best of their ability it is tough with so many people being there but uh take your time if you're not comfortable there's nothing wrong and the team will be there for you and uh yeah just continue to support i think that's the biggest thing right now and and if you can't get into the stadium it's okay we understand Mm -hmm. that there is a limited allocation of tickets it's it's more so about showing your support and involving yourself in the ongoing community so if there is people who want to get involved and can't get into the game you know reach out to the red patch boys facebook group if you've joined that jump on the forums or even as much as reaching out to the instagram and, and, and say, hey, I live in this area. I'd love to watch the game. Um, I personally work in the restaurants industry and bars. And these people have been, you know, working their asses off, getting them open. So go to your local patio, go to your local sports pub, ask them to put on the Reds game and, and drink, you know, drink a pitcher, eat some wings, have some deep fried cauliflower if that's your game and enjoy it that way as well. You know, show your support in that way, get involved in the community because right now it's all about binding together and rebuilding uh, the experience of game day. Yes. And for the first time in a very long time, I can confidently say we are just about there. Uh, The fact that we've got 15,000 people uh, in there tomorrow night, certainly uh, attests for me there for myself. Are you, uh, are you going to do a pregame at all? Are you going to make it out to any pubs before the match? Oh, Uh, I think the plan as of right now, I'm supposed to be meeting up with my girlfriend, a few of her friends from work uh, and for for pre-match drinks. Uh, If that doesn't go south, there's a tremendous number of uh, drinking holes in the Liberty Village, BMO Field Stadium area. Uh, I can name a few. Uh, The Craft, Liberty Commons, local uh liberty village cafe i think that's the name yep. i hope i didn't yep. watch that no, you're right. uh brazen head uh cam you know more than i do if i missed any there but um support those businesses they've been starving and they've been waiting for these days they finally have them back and i know uh from from being at liberty commons the other night uh they were certainly supportive uh happy to see the the support they were receiving from uh local supporters that's it. I'm going to be at King and Bathurst area. I'm most likely going to be at the Wheat Chief, maybe the Banknote, maybe something in that area, even Parlor, having a few drinks in the patio before nipping along King into uh, Liberty and down into Exhibition. So if you're in the area, pop out, say hello. Ben and I are always willing to have a chat. If you can't tell, 
We like the sound of our own voices. But other than that, everyone be safe. Get your voices high and have an absolute blast watching the game tomorrow. And don't be afraid to lose that voice tomorrow night. For myself, Ben McClellan, for my good friend, Cameron Miller, you've been listening to the Red Patch Boys podcast. We always appreciate the support. Thank you so much for the kind words. And come on, you Reds.